Welcome to Made in Science, the official podcast of the University of Stuttgart. My name is Wolfgang Holtkamp. I am Senior Advisor on International Affairs at the University and your podcast host. In today's episode, we welcome the Rector of the University of Stuttgart, Professor Wolfram Ressel. Wolfram Ressel was born in Munich in 1960. He studied civil engineering at the Technical University of Munich and earned his doctorate at the University of the Federal Armed Forces, also in Munich. In 1998, he was appointed professor for road design and construction at the University of Stuttgart, and he became also managing director of the Institute for Roads and Transportation. After that, he served as dean at the Faculty of Civil and Environmental Engineering. Since 2006, Wolfram Ressel has been rector of the University of Stuttgart, which makes him the longest serving rector at our university. Hello, Professor Ressel. Nice to meet you. Professor Ressel, I just mentioned some of your many functions and responsibilities that you had over the years. Please, could you tell us what your usual working day looks like, combining all of those activities and responsibilities? I wake up at 5.30 <laughs> after breakfast. I drive here to the university, downtown here in the Keplerstraße. And then my day starts in my office. And usually I have a 10 hours, 12 hours, 14 hours day. That depends what happens during the day. But of course, there are a lot of meetings outside of the university, even outside of Stuttgart or outside of Europe uh, that belongs what topics we are talking and yeah, what meetings we have on an international level. So I'm quite busy the whole day. <laughs> In this day and age, we experience so many disruptions and transformations in various areas and also to various degrees. Against this dynamic background, what are some of the main challenges for universities from your perspective and experience as rector? Yeah, I would say this changed dramatically in the last months. We have a war in Europe, in the Ukraine, and the result of this war is a dramatic um, situation in energy. Therefore, I think we had big discussions how we can handle with these facts, with these political facts, and suddenly the scientists become more confident by people, by politicians. There's a big change in the university too, that we need more facts on which we can handle. We need more confidence where science is standing for. And we need people who can explain that. And I think there we have some efforts for the future, um, which are not new, but which became more and more important. And as what we see now also out of the pandemic we had with Corona, that scientists 
yeah, or I should say that 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 people are listening to scientists, and they believe in that what they say, and hopefully, the politicians decide what they say. In your regard, and perhaps for yourself as well, what is special about working at a university? Say in comparison to other areas, the university must have something for many people to offer that they can find nowhere else. We are a technically orientated university. So about 75% of teaching and more than 90% of third party fundings, so research programs, are in natural sciences and in engineering. And both, I think, can do a lot for the future. Um, regarding this uh, new situation in Europe or all over the world, what we need are two things. One is that we change our behavior in the sense of climate change and all these things. But the other thing is that we need technical equipment, technical innovation that we could really handle with these new physical conditions which we have at the moment, for example, in climate changing and all these things. So these are things what technically orientated university can do for people, for the society and for the future of our world. What are some of the guiding principles that the university works by when it addresses the issues that you just mentioned, like climate change? Um, What principles do scientists, according to your uh, assumption, should keep in mind? Always the truth. What role do networks and partners in academia and beyond play in tackling the challenges? I think scientists, researchers, students are part of this world and part of our society. So they have their role in society for the present, but also for the future. And I think, well, that's my meaning that everybody has its or his or her role in the society and a specific role which is important. And as a university of scientists and students, um, we should always think about the future. We should think what can we change, which results can we bring into society so that we get a better future. And this is something whereas the society, uh, where the universities um, are, play a main role in our society, I think. And this we should always think about when we talk about future of universities and contents, what we are doing. In your regard, and perhaps for yourself as well, what is special about working at a university? Say in comparison to other areas, uh, the university must have something for many people to offer that they can find nowhere else. <laughs> oh, yeah, there is one, and this is freedom. Um, 
you know, in Germany we have in our constitution an article number five. And this article expresses that scientists are free in teaching and in research. This is something nobody has um, else in, 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 yeah, in working in industry or in administration or wherever they work. That's something specific for university. And uh, this is really outstanding, I think, for all researchers working at a university. And to break that even down perhaps a little bit, how do you convince professors to join the University of Stuttgart when they apply here uh, and not to go somewhere else? Well, you need a good infrastructure. That means, especially again, for a technically orientated university, you need all these experimental equipment, which is expensive and which changes every year. But you need this uh, equipment for researchers so that they can do their work. You need a good uh, computational equipment, like we have here with our high performance computing center in Stuttgart. Um, you need people who can work together. It's very important that we have good people, very good people in disciplines, but they are better when they work interdisciplinary together on the edge of the disciplines for new innovations, for a better future. And this is an ecosystem which you have to build up. And this is my job. And to look at two other groups in addition to that, why is the University of Stuttgart the number one choice for employees and also for students. I don't know if we are number one, but let's say we are under the top 10. Well, one thing is the city here. It's the capital of Baden-Württemberg. We have everything what you need here to live. And the other things are people and is the, are the companies which are here. So let me come to the people. Um, we have excellent professors here, scientists, researchers, and also excellent students. So if they work together, and they do, then you get a combination of uh, satisfaction, I mean, something that is outstanding, where you like to work, where you like to live, where you like to be. And I think the University of Stuttgart is such a type of interdisciplinary co-working with all groups together. For example, in the Arena 2036, and there I come to the next um, reason, that's the industry here. The industry in the region of Stuttgart is very, very strong. It's world famous for its mechanical engineering, but there are a lot of other subjects what they really do best in the world. And so all the students, for example, get here uh, 
work for future and for a long future um, with good income so that they really can live here in the region of Stuttgart and stay longer than only one year or two years. And all these together is what Stuttgart stands for, a top 10 university region. And personally, what fascinates you about technology? You have come from a technical field. Uh, you have stayed in the technical field. And uh, certainly uh, the challenges we experience are in technologies as well. So, again, why are you fascinated by technology? Why are you still fascinated by technology? Well, technologies are inventing for the future. This is the slogan by Bosch, uh, but I really believe in that. If you look the, to the last, let's say, 100 years, um, we had big changes, industrial changes, uh, changes in society, social changes, um, but they all had the reason of technical revolutions. And this is fascinating for me, how we can move on, how we can make our life better than it is at the moment by technologies and innovations. Not everything is good, <laughs> but in my mind, the most of that, of the, these technologies are good for the future, good for people, help people. And this is what is so fascinating for me. Before you came to Stuttgart, You studied and worked in Munich. What influence did your personal background play in finding your career path? After all, you are also from Munich. Yes, I'm from Bavaria and from Munich especially. Um, this is my hometown, where I come from. And yes, of course, that influences my life. Um, from the beginning and still now. Um, <clears throat> this is a way of life which is uh, very simple on the one hand, but full of action on the other hand. And this combination is specific for Bavaria, I think, or for the region of Munich. And this is something for what I stand and uh, which I try to bring a little bit to Svibia. Thinking back on your life so far, did things turn out the way you planned them to be most of the time? And to what degree did coincidences play also a role? <laughs> well, yes, I think coincidences influenced my life, let's say, dramatically. <laughs> the first co coincidence was that I came to, to the university after studying. I had never thought about, about being a researcher, making my PhD or doctoral 
uh, thesis. And after that, I never thought that I would get, be, become a professor. And I never thought to become a dean, and I never thought to become a rector of a university. So these were all coincidences for me, which I didn't plan. So my whole life is a coincidence. <laughs> and you accepted it as it came along. You accepted the coincidence as a challenge in your daily work, but also in your spare time. For instance, as we know, you love to tackle mountains by hiking and skiing. Yeah. Why are mountains so important to you? And I would like to add that they even make it sometimes on your PowerPoint slides. <laughs> yeah, I grew up in the mountains, so hiking and skiing was every day sport for me. <laughs> um, yes, after school, we went skiing or hiking up a smaller hill in the afternoon, for example. I made nearly every uh, mountain over 4,000 meters by height in the Alps because I love to be on mountains, climbing up with skis or by feet. Something of freedom. Get your mind free. Be alone. I can think about everything. Not noisy. Yeah, you are always free. Free for all. And this is something what I like. And I need it. I need it every year, twice or three times, to be in the Alps uh, for me alone. Another passion of yours are the arts, especially music and paintings. What is it that fascinates you about these forms of arts? Well, let me come to the music first. Um, it's true, I like classical music, classical concerts. Um, for me, this is something where I can really relax and really come down from the office, from the work, from the daily efforts we have here, problems and so on. So this is something, especially in the evening, I like to do, to go to concerts, to hear classical music. The others, what you, what you mentioned is um, about paintings and here in a specific form, the pointillismus, um, an art style where the painters use only dots, colored dots, But if you stand in front of such a painting and look two or three minutes on this painting, then you see a spatial configuration um, at that painting which is really outstanding, which you don't have with other artists or painters. And this is something what I really like. So this, I have a favorite museum, the Museum Dorsey in Paris in Paris. Once a year I'm there and just walk one day through this museum to see all these wonderful paintings. 
In your position as rector and also former TU9 president, you meet many people. Were there encounters with people in the past that had a long-lasting impression on you? And how do you implement what you learned from them in your work? Yeah, there were two persons by whom I was very impressed. One passed away. This is Gerhard von Grebenitz, the former rector of the University of Constance at the Lake Constance. It was at the beginning of my rectorate, 2006, 2007, 2008, where he was a mentor for me. He showed me how a university should be structured, how a university works, how you can work with administration, how can you work with researchers and scientists so that a university can move in the right way, looking in the future, being a high-ranked university in Germany, but also internationally. Another man who impressed me, who is still alive, and is Eckhard Ramm. He was a professor here at the university, and when I started here in Stuttgart, I was not convinced to work here for a longer time because in my beginning we had a lot of stress here. When I started here at the University of Stuttgart we had a 10% cut-off of our staff here um, announced by the ministry and this was a big struggle through the faculties, through the institutes, and for all people which works here, which worked here. And um, at that time I was really new at the university and I was a little bit disappointed what was going on here. And then I met Eckhart and he showed me how This University of Stuttgart is really uh, in research and teaching and people who want to do something for the future. And yeah, he really convinced me that Stuttgart is the right place for me. And this was the start of a good friendship of both Eckhart and me. And perhaps there's a third man It's Santo Ono, the president of the UBC, so in Vancouver, the University of British Columbia. He just moved from Vancouver to Michigan, to the University of Michigan. But this was, or these were some meetings with him which were really outstanding for me because he is a man of the world, so he is thinking in greater terms. He is always nice, always good to people, always have ideas, not only on the university level, even in the surroundings of a university, bring people together, have fun, but never 
forget for what a university is standing. And this was not only amazing, it was fascinating for me how he is working with people, how he can lead a university. These were the three uh, persons who influenced me mostly um, during my work here at the University of Stuttgart. The University of Stuttgart has the vision of creating intelligent systems for a sustainable society. And that is meant in the sense of future orientation, a future-oriented society. Now, how is the university trying to reach that goal currently? Yes, we have a mission and we have a vision. Um, the vision is to build a university in the sense of intelligent systems for a sustainable society. And this we want to do on the so-called Stuttgart way. As a technically orientated university, we believe that intelligent systems will help us in all these crises and in the future to have a better life than we have now or to improve our life. All these technicians and all these technologies especially um, should only be done for a sustainable society. That means we bring people together in the University of Stuttgart in these disciplines, but in an interdisciplinary sense that means that they work at the edge of their disciplines together on the topics of our society of today, like climate change, like uh, digitalization, like globalization, and all these topics which we have. And we think this Stuttgart mission and our vision take us into the future. You have often talked about the importance of basic research, Why is this particular kind of research so important for universities? Yeah, basic research is very important for research universities, which we are. That means a research university like the University of Stuttgart um, is a place where we have this equipment the infrastructure and people to do basic and fundamental research that differs us from the universities of applied sciences which have not these outstanding infrastructure to do basic research and this is I think what universities should do they should also do applied research but especially basic research. A 2017 study by Dell suggests that 85% of the jobs needed in 2030 do not even exist today. How do we get people ready for something that doesn't exist yet? In other words, how do you think will universities develop in the future 
Are we at a turning point for higher education? Yes, we are, but I don't believe in that uh, 80% or 85% out of the study of Dell. But uh, we are indeed um, in a transformation process. And this is a very big transformation process, like the Industrial Revolution in the last century. Um, and we will have a lot of jobs which are digitalized, which can be done online, in home office, and we will change our conditions, our working conditions dramatically in the next year. I believe that too, but that will take some time, not eight years. I think this will take a little bit longer because you have to change people, you have to change their behavior. And this is not so easy to be done by a few years. This needs longer. And in that connection, which competencies should be developed more at universities? Where can we do better? When you talk about people? Well, when we talk about people, we have ed to educate our students more digi digitalized than we do it today. Um, we have to educate them uh, more in discussions with society to convince society about new technologies and to bring um, the meaning of peoples back to research. That's also very important. Um, and I think what we have done in the past was to educate our students in a specific topic. I think that we need a new kind of student in that sense that they are more or less working on a global umbrella let's say on a global umbrella which, which means that you need not so much specific topics more these this overview about sustainability about people about society um, than we have at the moment. Now, all of that has to happen also at university buildings, many of which will need an update in the near future or need one already. How will universities deal with the effects of investment blocking that we are experiencing? We need a dramatical change in our um, constructions, in our buildings, especially also in financing our buildings. We need more independence and we need the chance to bring uh, private money into universities um, to think not only about the construction, to think about the facilities and to manage the facilities over years. So a long life um, thinking about uh, our buildings at the university. Since the early 2000s, we have 
a fundamental change in financing our universities. At that time, we started in-competition research programs, and this was the start of entrepreneurial universities. And if you look to the University of Stuttgart or look to other technical universities, half of our budget is coming from third-party fundings. And this means that we have to be fast in that competitions to survive or to win the competitions, which we do. And we cannot think about 10 or 20 years of planning a building of more than 20 years for constructing that building. These programs run five to 10 years and then they are over. And with one of these big programs, you have immediately 200, 300 new researchers where they need space that they can work and that they can work experimentally. So this changed in the last 20 years dramatically, but we are still working in the conditions of 200 years ago. Your current electoral term ends in 2024. What do you want to achieve until the end of the next two years? Well, my first goal is that we can start in the next competition in the excellence strategy of Germany in a good position, in a very good position, so that we can, well, we have the success of, again, two excellence clusters, perhaps three excellence clusters for the features so that we can bring a proposal for excellence university um, into the competition. At the end of our conversation, we have always some very specific questions which we call Moment 7. We have collected seven questions that we would like to ask you and please answer them as shortly as possible. Moment 1. Swabian Maultaschen or Bavarian Weisswurst? Of course, Bavarian Weisswurst. Moment two. One thing you could change about the world would be? Freedom and not no war. Moment three. Do you have a book or music or museum recommendation for us? museum recommendation yes the Musée d'Orsay in Paris excellent museum if you need a book 8049 that stands for Masterism Death and Exploitation at the Mount Everest Moment 4 the best advice you have ever received was Convince with attitude and facts. Moment five. Your favorite place on campus at the University of Stuttgart is? Keplerstraße 7, 
Room number 1.14. Moment six. If I could start all over again, I would do the following differently. I would work and stay for a longer time in a foreign country. And moment seven. Please complete the sentence. Thanks to my studies, I know that... I have to convince with arguments and keep it simple in communication. Professor Ressel, thank you for our conversation here today. We wish you all the very best in the future. Thanks also to our audience. We would like to invite you to rate this podcast if you feel like it. Thanks also to our podcast team, Vanessa from the University of Stuttgart Alumni Office and Christina from our communications department. And to everyone, please stay healthy, stay good and stay tuned for our conversations that are always based on what is made in science.